0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Kane and Rince Podcast, Volume 7, Issue 321, Pikmin. You can play along with the show, we have some other different games lined up for our next few podcasts. Those include the original Zone of the Enders, after that it's Final Fantasy 4, the fourth of our... Hmm, who knows how many numbers it will be in the end series of Final Fantasy games? Uh, similarly, continuing a long running series of podcasts, it's Resident Evil. This is the 2002 game from the GameCube, and it's since been ported. You know, the one, the remaster. After that, we're going to talk about Shovel Knight, and following that, another uh, relatively recent indie darling, Hyperlight Drifter com is the place to go for the schedule up to the end of the year and all our other output and spaces, links to whatever we do. You can also support the show via our Patreon. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yes, yeah, you could also use Pikmin to support the show. Uh, they'll greet you over at patreon.com slash And for just a mere dollar a month, which is currently around 75 pence or 0.86 of a euro, a really piddling amount... ...for all the podcasts we do. Uh, obviously you can keep on getting those for free... ...but if you support us it helps on keep on doing what we're doing... ...keep the lights on, keep the servers running... Uh, ...keep people sweet with a birthday present... ...all that kind of thing. And uh, we also do a monthly exclusive bonus podcast... Uh, ...for your listening pleasure... ...and you get each new show a week early... ...except Sound of Play which you can still get every Wednesday... ...regardless, that's our other podcast... ...all about games music... Subscribe to this and that, and review and rate if you can wherever you get your podcasts from, and follow us in the usual places on social media Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Now, joining me, Leon Cox, in issue 321, are Darren Gargett. <coughs> nice Leah Haydo. Hi there. That's her normal Pikmin voice. And Mikhail Croder. And here it comes. <laughs> You were just working on that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm no, ready to work.
1: I, I, I thought I had the mute button pressed on my mic, but uh, <laughs> it, do, it doesn't always uh, register that well. So, sorry, sorry for that
0: interruption. That's all right. It's, uh, <laughs> that's fine. I like it. So, let's talk about the people who made the Pikmin before we talk about what the Pikmin is. Uh, so, the producer is Shigeru Miyamoto, and I think uh, many people will know that uh, it came from the head, the brain the brainchild of Miyamoto, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Uh, The directors on the game, they were Masamichi Abe, who had come to Nintendo having worked on the original Tekken trilogy for Namco before working on games like 1080 and 1080 Avalanche, uh, co-directed with Shigafumi Hino, Uh, Writer with Motoy Akamoto, composer Hajime Wakai. We'll talk more about him later. Uh, Interesting one. The name that stands out in the credits, because I think it's uh, one of the only non-Japanese names in the entire uh, list, is main system programmer Colin Reed, who started his Nintendo gaming coding career on Stunt Race FX on the Super Nintendo, then moved on to 1080 Snowboarding, which we covered uh, early last year, I think it was. Or was it this year? I lose track of time. It
1: was early, early this year.
0: This year. Okay. Yes, of course. We tied it in with the Winter Olympics, didn't we? Mm. Uh, Yes. And then uh, this was his fourth Nintendo game uh, before uh, working on Metroid Prime Hunters on the DS Uh, And Yuji Kando was the game system programmer, which I guess is something slightly different. And this was his debut. uh, And he's continued to work on the Pikmin games right up until the most recent ones, Pikmin 3 and Hey Pikmin. uh, Also on Big Brain Academy and Face Training. Remember Face Training?
1: Yeah, very much. (laughs) It was was a running gag at our department.
0: I bet. (laughs) So yes, uh, in an interview with Robbie Collin, the film critic at The Telegraph, the uh, UK, London-based paper, back in 2014, uh, he wrote about Miyamoto uh, and in particular... Referring to Pitman, said, when Miyamoto celebrated his 40th birthday, he put away unchildish things. He quit smoking and pachinko, took up swimming and vowed to spend more time in his garden. One day, around 15 years ago, Miyamoto was relaxing on his patio and saw a line of ants marching past his feet and off into the grass, carrying leaves towards their nest. Then he imagined for a moment, because this is how the Miyamoto mind works, what the scene might look like if they were tiny people. Ants, as you know, always have a leader and tend to be carrying things. And as they move, they create a kind of rail, he says. And I started thinking about a game about lots of small people carrying things in a line, following a leader, with everyone going in the same direction. The idea struck him as something he'd never explored before in his work. More importantly, it also sounded like fun. When we think about video games, we always have the idea of a start and a goal. And it's like a race between individual players. Who can make it and who won't, he says. And I thought, why does it have to be a competition? Why can't everyone just move together in the same direction, carrying things as a team? Who made these rules in the first place anyway? And so Pikmin was born.
2: (laughs) I like Uh, the part about ants, as you know. Oh, yeah, totally. I I knew all of that about ants.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so a technical demonstration, uh, people may remember, was it uh, Space World 2000 Super Mario 128 showing mm-hmm. off the technical chops, the performance of the prototype GameCube hardware, animating up to 128 copies of Mario at once. The video stood out there. I think uh, you can find it on YouTube, and whatever. Uh, Miyamoto said in 2007 that most of you have already played Super Mario 128, but you played it in a game called Pikmin. The development team of pikmin expressed their initial trouble finding the game's direction director Shigafumi hino explained i can still uh, recall the first time i saw multiple pikmin working together to carry a big opponent until then we've been struggling to find the direction that this game should have but when these carry actions were completed we were able to determine the future of pikmin and a couple of trivia nuggets again i think a lot of people are aware of these but captain olimar's spaceship is named the dolphin and the Dolphin was Nintendo's project name for the GameCube. And if you break down the name of Captain Olimar into its component Japanese letters, or Rima, you'll notice that it is Mario backwards. The game was released for the GameCube in October 2001 in Japan, December in North America. And because it was back in the day, we had to wait in Powland land until the following summer. June 2002. Obviously, the console wasn't released until April or something. So it makes sense. Uh, It was uh, it was the same game, basically, but with uh, in 60 hertz. So we had we had the uh, we had a nice optimized version available to play. Uh, it was re-released the game on the Wii some years later, 2008 and 2009, around the world as New Play Control Pikmin. Uh, this added widescreen display, so it was uh, reformatted for 16.9. Uh, a new save system made it slightly more player-friendly by allowing players to start restart from a previous day. Uh, the control scheme, obviously, uh, was made for the Wii Remote and Nunchuck. Uh, you can sort your Pikmin now. Uh, which you couldn't do originally, which I'd forgotten. Uh, You can actually tap through your different colours of Pikmin by holding the the B trigger. Uh, You can swap even between Pikmin types, leaf bud and flower, with the two button. I didn't use this at all in my recent playthrough because I didn't know about it. Uh, Some sound effects come out of the Wii Remote speaker if you have it turned on. There are a few audio changes. They added some new enemy voices and tweaked a few things. Uh, Pikmin AI is smarter when dealing with bomb rocks which is uh, Mm. which is handy and a few uh, presentation updates carrying numbers uh, were updated to look like they did in Pikmin 2 and there are a few new sound effects as I say and the credits look different that was again that version was re-released on the Wii U in September 2016 uh, and yes, that's the version that's perhaps uh, most readily available now. Uh, it was, uh, it's it's not that cheap. I bought it recently. It's £18 on the UK store. So it's probably cheaper to go and find a physical copy. But
2: uh, depends on where you are, probably.
0: Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. Uh, but there it is. That's how I've been playing it. Uh, when the game first came out on the GameCube, In 2001-2, it reviewed pretty solidly well at uh, just under 87% from 70-odd outlets. When it was re-released for the Wii, that had dropped slightly to 79% uh, from fewer outlets uh, who were reviewing it at that point as a re-release. Um... A few years had passed and the sequel had come out. Maybe that's part of the reasoning for that. Uh, Won some awards. The original release, Innovation in Console Gaming from GameSpy in 2001 and a BAFTA Interactivity Award. Looking at user reviews today from uh, punters who still rate these games, it has an 8.6 on Nintendo Life, 4 out of 5 on Moby Games and 8.3 on IMDb. Sold approximately 1.2 million copies worldwide, and the Wii version sold about 170,000 in Japan. But I don't know how many elsewhere, and how many digital copies it sold. Who knows? Uh, but when did we buy it? When did we play it? How much have we played it,
3: Darren? Hmm. Yeah. Um. So seeing Mario 128, 2, uh, 8, um, Space World, and E3, and all these kind of, uh, you know, back then in 2000, it wasn't so easy to watch a stream online. But I think I paid. A subscription for Gamespot, who were hosting some sort of restream or something. It was all kind of new back then, and I remember seeing Mario One Eight and thinking, if they're going to call a game Mario One to Eight, they've got a you know this is it. Like fanboyism was up at its highest. It was mental. Like it was unbelievable. And, <laughs> and then the next year, when you didn't see Mario One Eight and you saw a demo reel full of like um, well, Pikmin, Don- Donkey Kong Racing, and uh, Cameo, and st- like honestly, the hype meters were off the charts and. I, was, I thought to myself, "Where is Mario 128? And like, lo and behold, you find out soon like, later that it's turned into Pikmin. Um, I remember seeing Pikmin on this de- demo reel and thinking, "That's not what I want from my GameCube, my Super N sixty four. Like, I want the sequels from the N sixty four, please." And I've mentioned this before. Like, Ten Eighty mm-hmm. Avalanche and Wave Race Blue Storm weren't the things I was expecting, uh, or you know, or wanting. And, uh, you know, I was I was kind of a, an entitled idiot back then. I really wanted something <laughs> that I had before, but with shinier graphics, like the Zelda demo where he's fighting Ganondorf and it all looks like Ocarina of Time, but super hyper-detailed. Like, I wanted mm. that. And then, they're, they're you know, Wind Waker, we spoke about that. And um, yeah, Pikmin was kind of the same thing. I did not want this game. I saw the um, the name as kind of like a riff on Pokemon. I thought, that's unoriginal. Like, it's, it's basically the same letters, but different vowels rubbish and I was just completely dismissive of this um and then I bought it day one on import so I am the internet boy Look, it a bit stupid of me to get all excited but that's you know that's that's what we do and um it, for better or for worse that's that's what I did and uh, you know I kind of yeah. regret it because play through pikmin on the gamecube um on import um, it must have been American import and yeah I found it the most stressful thing in the world and mm. I never went back to it until the Wii version which I sniped on ebay for about a fiver in January so I played about
0: half of that. And um, yeah, here I am now. Here you are (laughs) indeed once again. Uh, Leah, how about you?
2: So I didn't. I never played the GameCube version at all, uh, and I'm not sure why I didn't. Um, it seems like it should have been right up my alley. I, I'm not. The only thing I can think of is that I'm not and never really have been a fan of strategy type games, and I think maybe this struck me as that, mm-hmm. which it sort of is, kind yeah. of, yeah. Um, But not exactly the kind that usually um, mm-hmm. usually passes me by. So I actually the version that I played um has been very recently and uh it is the Wii version. So I thought that I was going to when I started uh looking around for a copy of uh Pikmin for uh, this this show I Originally thought that I was going to go with the Wii U version because I actually had a pretty hard time tracking down a physical copy. Okay. Um, yeah, and and I, you could find them like on Amazon, you know, third party sellers and that kind of thing, but they mm. tended to be actually pretty expensive. And oh. over here, the um, the Wii U version was I think twenty dollars, mm-hmm. um, which isn't too bad. Um, but I actually did end up finding a physical copy of the Wii version, uh, so I played that as we'll talk about i i have some i i'm kind of stuck in the middle on this game because i really wanted to love it and there i there are things that i i'm not sure that i if i would have um gone a little bit easier on them had i played it in its original release mm-hmm. um but uh yeah th- this is my first experience with it so um, i'm coming into this pretty fresh
0: cool that's interesting how about you Mikhail? Um, day one, I bought the, the game
1: at launch, and I was pretty much lapping up every at least first party release and some third party releases, and yeah, Pikmin was next on the on the list. Uh, that's early the, the beginning of the summer of 2002. I bought it, and I didn't have much else to play at the moment uh, at that time. I mean, and played it all the way through, and absolutely loved it. Have
0: you been back to it at all?
1: Not recently, no. But uh, yeah, it's I mean, it's very fresh in my memory still.
0: Sure. Yeah, I bought it day one as well as a new Nintendo first party thing. I was also a bit confused about it and I'm not a massive strategy gamer, but I'll try anything, especially a new Nintendo first party game that's had solid reviews. Uh, I was, yeah, I was slightly confused why it had character, uh, character that seemed to be sort of named after Mario, but not Mario, why the game was called something that was a bit like Pokemon, but wasn't. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, But when when I got it, I found that I was pretty much uh, charmed by the the look and feel of it. But I found that after a few days of gameplay, it started to make me very anxious uh, with its both daytime limit and overall time mm. limit. And as we said, the original version was even more restrictive on this than the remake in that you couldn't roll back a day. It, you were basically kind of locked into your game. And if you messed up early on, uh, I think you were kind of, hosed weren't you um oh gosh
2: that would have see that that probably would have broken me because i (laughs) can't tell you how many times i got about halfway through a day and just went ah nope bye this is
0: going badly yes yeah
3: that's what I yeah, meant by it's, it's the most stressful thing in the world on the GameCube, because I just couldn't, like, I hadn't really played a strategy game on console before, you know, um, this, is, this is kind of an RTS, but a Nintendo version, you know, it's all yeah. nice and easy to play. Uh, but, you know, I played Commander & Conquer on PS1 and all this and that, and I, you know, I, en- I enjoyed strategy games, but this was kind of, you know, I never played one with a hero unit, which I guess Olimar is, he, he, yeah. ideally, he's, a, he's, a, he's, you know, he's a hero unit. And, uh, yeah, right. you know, um, not rolling back a day, like there is in the later versions, kind of it was just ah oh, insanely stressful when you you really felt the pressure to pick up the slack on the next day to pick up two pieces because you kind of want to go one a day, don't you?
1: Yeah, sometimes it takes you a full full day to to just make your way through a particular piece, and you can't make it before uh, before dusk sets in or before the days uh, at the end. So then, yeah, you better make it up the next day,
2: yeah, that that was part of what would kind of indicate to me whether i needed to do the day over again or not was have have i either a gotten a piece or be at least cleared my way to a piece to where i can just kind of go and get it first thing the next day and maybe have a chance to get another one because i don't want to get behind because you yeah. I didn't and they lay it out for you very clearly at the beginning is you have 30 days you have 30 pieces to your ship if you don't get those your life support runs out and you die <laughs> that's yeah that is the that's that's it that's straight up You're you will not survive you can't go home you can't have a ship take off it's one
1: of those those rare uh nintendo developed games that are anxiety inducing by design see also majora's mask
0: yeah Mm -hmm. okay well we will get more into this uh but in terms of my history i think that's uh it was that element of the gameplay that drove me away somewhat and that I wasn't finding it as relaxing as I wanted it to be based on the setting and the the, the sort of audio visual side so I, I drifted away from it you know with a full intention to return I knew it wasn't a hugely long game uh, to actually play through it's kind of a fixed length in that each day lasts a certain amount of time so unless you replay a day each day is about 15 minutes so there's like yeah it's about seven hours long or, or whatever is that right my maths I'm not sure anyway um but yes uh, i found other other things to play uh, that were that weren't making me feel that way i did bought, i bought the sequel which we're not covering in this show but I, I fully intend to now i've beaten pikmin uh, I, I intend to go back to pikmin 2 and um, just to complete my history with the franchise i i uh, reviewed pikmin 3 uh, and uh, completed that and absolutely you know battered the heck out of that game when that came out in 2013 so ever since then i've wanted to come back to this original so yes i bought it on wii u recently the digital version and um, played it through finishing this week as always we have some community feedback about their experiences and memories of pikmin start with fieldy canerince.com slash forum, who says, I got my first glimpse of Pikmin on a free orange VHS cassette given away on the front of what was then N64 magazine. I wasn't really sure what to make of it. This was a new IP from Nintendo, and in among the footage of Super Smash Brothers Melee and Luigi's Mansion, I quickly disregarded this Japanese curio. A few months later, as I was becoming a GameCube fanatic, I managed to play Pikmin for the first time at a local, local CEX who had an import console and a copy of the game. The controls seemed slightly awkward and clunky, but the game's detailed environments and unique strategy elements had me very interested. When Pikmin released, not long after the European Gamecube launch, I took a chance and picked a copy up, and to my surprise, got very hooked. Not only did the environments look lush and detailed, but the gameplay kept me engrossed for many hours, trying to judge how many of each colour of Pikmin to take out on daily adventures to tackle enemies or hunt for ship parts was very addictive. All this was whilst desperately trying to avoid Pikmin losses, you never get over seeing their little ghosts float off into the afterlife. A special oh. mention must go to the soundtrack as well, which kept me humming along for hours. I liked it so much that I bought a copy on import and still listen to it to this day. So, yes, let's give a go at it describing. We've said it's an odd game, sli- a slight curio, something a bit different. We've mentioned strategy. But what is what is Pikmin? Uh, I'll give a quick uh this is completely un unrehearsed i've not written any notes it is a game where you control or you said a uh what did you call it a hero character no yeah Olimar's kind of a hero character that you'd hero find character. in um yeah. like
3: i mean mo- in a moba and and you can control the um, the creep so to speak as, as your pikmin whereas in the moment ah. can't. that's the best way I can describe it if you're trying to
0: visualize it it is kind of a um... if you know what though if you know what that game that you're talking about is which I don't really oh. well
2: I, I mean I I think what what we're getting at is that he's uh, kind of a, a controller or a boss or a general or uh, just the leader and you get like these little kind of troops essentially or or like little workers drones. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, oh, and they each have, uh, well, not each, but there, there are several different types of um, of these characters who have different abilities. And your role as kind of the leader is, is to coordinate them and make use of those abilities while still protecting them in order to get them to do what you need them to do.
0: We always, obviously, uh, have a decision to make when we t- when we talk about game series. Sometimes we do the series in one show and sometimes we decide to split them up. There's no real rock hard science behind it. It's more about how I feel and how much I think we want to talk about each game in the series. Uh, Sometimes it seems a bit unfair on on games that get seemingly a little marginalised, but obviously there's only a certain number of shows we can do. But in the case of Pikmin, I thought it would actually be useful to start at the very beginning and then work our way through the series uh, at some point in the future. In this case, we only have to talk about the mechanics of the first game uh and then uh, and only the three uh, red yellow blue pikmin and then we can expand on that in f- in future podcasts um so yes we should talk about the nature of your units the troops the pikmin uh so fairly quickly very quickly really on the first day olimar stumbles across uh little plants sticking out the ground uh little bud little stalk uh they pop out Or he grabs it and and it pops out and he's greeted with a, yeah, something like a sentient plant. He soon learns that they uh, will not only uh, kind of follow him around, but also do his bidding. They will grab things for him. He can chuck them about and they don't seem to care. And in fact, it soon turns out that they will fight and die for him uh, for no reward (laughs) other than the fact that you're kind of assisting them in creating more Pikmin. But you're only really doing that for your own purposes. To me, this game, like Olimar's diaries, I think, are really sweetly written, e- even in the, the localized translation version. I think they get better. The, the localization for Pikmin 3 is just uh, utterly adorable, yeah. I think. But here it's, it's quite basic, but um, he's musing on the nature of the Pikmin from the off. And I think it is something that genuinely does. It's such a cute game in so many ways, but there is that that sense. This, this was, you know, four years before. Shadow of the Colossus came along and made us think about our actions and all this kind of thing. But I was definitely having this quandary from the off with Pikmin. So as well as the time-based anxiety that we'll come back to, there was also the, the fact that... So say you grow 50 red Pikmin and you walk them up a narrow path and 20 of them fall off the sides and start drowning. Now... To me, as a uh, compassionate, empathic human being, okay, I know they're just noughts and ones, they're little digital sprites and whatever, but they start flapping about. Exactly. If you don't believe in it, what's the point? And they
2: cry. They, they I like. Know. They squeak and they. Oh gosh. Uh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I had I felt problems bad for with me this off. too.
1: I also see a little bit of a link with link with uh, lemmings uh, mm, with, when, yeah. with Big Pikmin uh, and and lemmings. You could also call a little bit of a proto-RTS because if you see your lemmings as units and you assign them different tasks with a cursor on screen, you know, you're Yeah, multitasking almost, almost, is a huge
0: facet of that game. Yeah, you're almost
1: halfway halfway there. And it's the same thing where you have to protect and use these sort of cutie creatures at the same time. Of course, you know, DMA design, later Rockstar's dark humor is all... Uh, all in full swing over uh, uh, there but yeah it's there's the same, same kind of du- duality of uh, cutesiness and uh, a certain harshness and uh, There is uh, a key
0: difference though in the in Lemmings you are a faceless god who is yeah. effectively and all you're trying to do is get the lemmings safe you're you're trying to minimize casualties mm-hmm. and get them to a safe zone whereas yeah. in Pikmin Although it behooves you to keep them as many of them safe as possible, it's all for your own ends to escape the planet.
1: Yeah, and the Pikmin deaths aren't really played up for laughs uh, in, uh, in Pikmin either.
2: They're little ghosts. The correspondence that uh, that Leon was just reading with it, just the ghosts coming out of them. That's yeah, that's what happens. You get yeah. they they do their little death squeal and then yeah. this, little, <laughs> this little spirit just kind of floats up and they're just yeah. gone.
1: And they're not the only ones. The all, all the the insect the creatures that you kill yeah. also have little spirits floating up uh, after you kill them.
0: Yeah, and all the enemies in this game are, are just uh, natural, you know, native fauna, aren't they? They're not. They're not like by nature evil things. If things come into their path, they might try to snack on them. But then, you know, generally they're just b- bimbling around. And sometimes you just wade in on them, yeah. you know, and start kicking them in with a hundred Pikmin. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's a dark game, is what we're saying. This, this yeah. is not. This is not as cute as it looks on the surface. <laughs>
2: Listen, the Pikmin are not very smart. They they will they will follow you around. They will do whatever you tell them to do, even if it is sending them to their deaths. It, they they're on a technical level, their AI is sometimes a little bit questionable because they'll just kind of wander on into the water, even if they are not water type Pikmin. But um, mm-hmm.
4: yeah, yeah. The,
2: it's, it, it's 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 kind of on you to be this protector, this um, which kind of. There there are a couple of things about that. One is, what exactly were they doing before he showed That's up? That's my question. Uh. Yeah, because, I mean, how how are they even alive if if what it takes is having Olimar there to herd them and make sure that they get back to their onions after, you know, when, when the sun goes down? <laughs>
1: It's almost this uh, this uh, archetype of the uh, the white man, uh, you know, setting foot on uh, on yes. uh, on a shore and the natives falling over for him to serve him and uh, subjugating to, the so the see locals, them, seeing seeing yeah. seeing seeing this new ca- kind of creature as a god and they don't question anything he says or does, they just follow him blindly. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, when
2: you land on the planet. His his first act when he discovers these Pikmin is not to try and communicate with them or to find out, you know, do they have a village? Do they have... Nope, it's, well, let's go after my ship. How do I make more of you? I'm going to need at least 50 to carry this thing out of the water.
0: Yeah, I need to get home to my wife and family. Screw you guys.
2: Now, at the end of the game, when you finally do get all of your ship parts and take off from the planet... They don't come with you. They just stay where they are. Yeah. He just he kind of he pieces out off the planet, and yeah, they're just like, kind of left like, behind.
1: They're kind of like, what do we do now? <laughs> well, they've learned. I, have we to were saying this. As, yeah, yeah,
2: we were. That's what I, we were saying this before the show. I, well, I was saying this before the show is that, you know, it, the the last cutscene you know I, I don't remember whether it's over the credits or just before the credits but the last cutscene is Olimar taking off from the planet and then the pikmin turn on one of the enemies and just beat it to death so like <laughs> he came in he taught them how to kill and he left
0: <laughs> it's always miyamoto you should be looking at for the interesting uh sub subplots and and subtext not not david cage uh you <laughs> see i can even get a david cage dig into a into a pikmin show yeah um <laughs> Yes, and, and uh, the, the, there is a, a bad ending you can get if you don't even get the minimum 25 required essential ship parts, mm. uh, which is that uh, you drop unconscious uh, at the end of the 30th day and uh, they carry you back to the Onion, which is their kind of base, effectively, uh, where you can uh, deposit and withdraw your Pikmin from. Um, and they kind of plant him and he yeah. becomes what is called, apparently, it's a, a pikma which is a combination of Olimar and a Pikmin. But then you oh, never God. see what happens when he gets... Oh, man. B- I, I, I want to oh, see the, the game where yeah. he becomes a Pikmin. I know. They,
1: they, they, they assimilated. Maybe that was their secret motive all along. You know? Maybe they hoped for him to die. Uh,
0: yes, I, I actually decided on, on this recent playthrough, I think it was partly to make peace with the anxiety of the, time, the two t- overarching time limits, was... That I thought, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to play as well or as badly as I do, and get to the end and see what happens. And and I, yeah, I, I had like 20 shit parts on my first playthrough. I know this, you know, people, a lot of people have said they find this game incredibly easy. Well, I was. Yeah, I just I I have the same issue with this as I do with more traditional RTSs, which is that I will do the thing of making what I think is a a sensible number of troops to go into a battle and then they'll all get slaughtered and die. And then you're kind of back to square one. And so you have to go back to an entire day, go back to the start area even and sort of make a whole new army. And that's a day wasted. So did you uh,
2: ever get uh, did you ever get a Pikmin extinction? Because I did.
0: Uh, Oof. I lost all of one color. And yeah, that's and then, that's what I meant. Yeah, and then onion. Sp- it tells spits you. Out it one...
2: tells you you've lost all of this pigment, and then yeah. it gives you a little screen that says "pigment extinction." And I'm like, "Oh my god! Now what do I do? Do I have to start <laughs> over?" But yeah, yeah the the onion, see. the corresponding color onion, will spit out one of them so that you yeah. can rebuild. But as you were saying, that takes quite a while.
0: I don't know how sentient you view the Pikmin as because obviously, you know, they're trainable, they follow certain rules and, and they do certain things. But are they do they consider their actions? Is there Pikmin war poetry talking about the awful time when they were subjugated and made to fight for this uh this despot who turned up from another planet and threw them at things? I dunno. I think I th- I suppose if I do think of them as anything, they're like really cute sperms. <laughs> <laughs> really cute. Could, but they have <laughs> like sperm they have one job they go where you point them oh, and, boy. and they and they try to interact with a circular thing and uh, and that's a job done right yeah. yeah kind of kind of how it works
2: <laughs> i mean they are intentionally made to look like plants so i mean you could make the argument perhaps that maybe they're not completely animal like they are some kind of I'm not sure that that makes it better, but they are some kind of life form that is a hybrid with a plant. So maybe they're not completely sentient. and Animals. Y- maybe,
1: maybe they I don't, don't have really developed nerve systems and they don't feel
0: a lot of pain when they maybe, die. Maybe.
2: I mean, you are yanking them out of the ground by the tops of their heads. So.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's also, I remember speculation, I think, is it Pikmin... Two, where the items that you pick up are more obviously real-world Earth items like yeah, batteries right, and things like that. Yeah, apply. yeah, definitely. yeah. So, so this, I think, there were some suggestions at the time that Pikmin was set on Earth, but I'm not sure that that is meant to be the case. But Pikmin yeah, because Two, I think Pikmin,
1: Pikmin Two is a return to this planet. Because oh, okay. uh, right. yeah, I don't want to get too far ahead, but uh, basically the, the company that Olimar works for goes bankrupt. And then he tells them uh, about the planet they just ca- came from and that they have all these wonderful treasures like empty batteries and stuff there. So, right. And he okay. sends, uh, sends them back to, uh, to collect that
0: stuff. Uh, very cool. So yes, we didn't say uh, Olimar's just—he's uh, uh, a—he's a kind of space courier, um, and he gets um, hit by a meteor. That's when he crash lands. His, his spaceship breaks into thirty parts, spread across uh, a selection of uh, five areas. Um, and yeah, the the first and last areas are small. There's three kind of main areas. We'll we'll get into that a bit more. And yeah, that's that's where that's where he finds himself. He gets introduced to the Pikmin, the onions, and. He soon learns that he can uh, bend them to his will, uh, but they do do it willingly. I guess that's the key. The key yeah. thing is that he never actually forces them to do anything, does he? Does he? Yeah. I've he never thought about He doesn't about this. put
1: them in chains, he doesn't crack the whip, anything
0: no. like that. No. He does chuck them.
3: Yeah. yeah, all this moral stuff I've never even thought about with Pikmin. Like, the, the game was such a um. Just a straight, a straight laced as it looked to me. It was just a dude on a planet, just you know, picking up these things and just using them for war. Like I, I've never really thought about the ethics behind I'm it only at all. I'm doing
0: it because it's fun.
2: It's I fun don't think that this it. would ever really stop me from from doing any of this, but uh, it's it's an interesting little side
3: thought. <laughs> yeah,
0: it was, yeah, it was it was it was the way it, it came off the fact that yes, it it's clearly designed to manipulate you when they die.
3: Yeah, but that doesn't stop me, even though I don't really think about the the logic of, you know, Olimar and what he's actually doing with the Pikmin. But when they do get absolutely flattened by a boss or hoovered up by a giant inflatable thing in the sky that fires out flames from its nose, like uh, all the creatures... Oh god! All the all the creatures around these Pikmin. I mean, I'm kind of glad Olimar landed on this planet and started, you know, using them for some sort of war. Because everyone, every other creature in this game is just a complete pain, and um, in a good way to play against. But like, imagine just being a Pikmin on your own on this planet, like they are, and then having all these nightmare creatures around you. Like Olimar so- is a savior. Olimar is a god.
0: <laughs> right. So let's talk about the graphics and the and the art and the technical side. So I remember when I first loaded this up back in 2002 I thought it was extremely pretty. GameCube was doing some lovely graphics in its early days uh, and continued to do so really as you'd expect. Nintendo's first party studios knew how to make this thing sing. It looked lovely Mm. through a a SCART lead onto a you know a nice uh, cathode ray tube TV. Um, Coming back to it now it was a bit of a shock at first. After playing Pikmin three, albeit five years ago, um, it looked uh, a little rough and grainy, blown up, uh, a little fuzzy. On, yeah, yeah sixteen nine, obviously on a on a on a new big you know LCD TV, but. After a while, it started to regain its charm, just as I mm. reacclimatized to the slightly, you know, the lower resolution and the and the blurrier textures. Because at the time, I remember, like, the grass textures looking, fooling me into thinking they were near photorealistic. It looked so, pu- so, so pretty. Um, everything spread out. The under
3: the onions, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, even now, playing it on my, you know, nice new telly on the Wii U, you yeah. know, it, it still looks really nice. And, you know, it does have a lot of, you know, um, visual issues nowadays. But it, it doesn't bother me because the world they've created, like with most Nintendo games, it's, it's how they d- display this world in front of you with what they got rather than just pure graphical, you know, horsepower. Like, the, the world that this game's set in, I mean, it's got to be Earth because the second game has Duracell batteries. But anyway, it, yeah. the, whatever, whatever planet this is set in, like, the, it's just so... It's familiar, but also really otherworldly. Like, and yeah, I, th- I think that's part in. Um, the, the music plays a great part in that as well. But you know, in terms yeah. of visuals, I'd just never seen anything quite like it. Like the onions are just like, just completely like tripody, weird onion looking things, <laughs> and just the imagination <laughs> that just spewed out of this yeah. game
0: is just unreal. I think the 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 idea they had was to probably make it feel like Earth, but alien, because you are playing as. Olimar, who is from Hokotate or, or whatever it's called. Uh, so yeah. he's, he's experiencing Earth and also he's one inch high or whatever. Yeah, yeah sorry, he's,
1: a, he's an alien, Olimar. He has pointy yes. ears. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I think they really wanted to convey the sense of a, a world that's been abandoned, abandoned by its uh, intelligent dominant species. Uh, it's, uh, it very much feels like overgrown and uh, t- taken taken over by nature.
0: Yes, but it's not entirely organic because there are areas later on which are uh, quite uh, geometric um, stone areas. So there is there is a sense that something else has been here, but not necessarily human life. Leah, so you came to this more recently, not having played it on the GameCube. How did you feel it was it worked for you visual wise?
2: So I the art style I like a lot. It. it it has kind of that Nintendo charm to it. Um, technically, yeah, it it is definitely a little rough now. Um, Wii game on a 4K TV is not really a yeah. thing that is meant to be. Yeah, um, game even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I kind of had that same reaction uh, that you were talking about, Leon. When when I first booted it up, I kind of went, "Ooh, ah, I don't know about this." Uh, but <laughs> but after after a little while, uh, it's I think the phrase that I maybe want is internally consistent because mm-hmm. it looks good for what it is with itself. Like it, it, it fits together with itself very well. It is, um, it, it does look good in that way. And judging yeah. it against the other, um, kind of against its contemporaries, yeah, it does look very good. I, I really do like the art style, and I, um, I, I have not decided if I am going to play, uh, the subsequent, um entries in the series i I think that i might like to uh but i'm kind of looking forward to seeing uh, if i do how that kind of evolves uh with with kind of a higher technical standard um and keeping up with roughly the same art style
0: yeah so two obviously when we cover that that was also a gamecube game so you won't see spectacular uh enhancements however it is very pleasing to say uh darren and i have both been back to pikmin 3 just for a compare and contrast because i think we both had the the thought where yeah yeah pikmin 1 looks aged because it's on a previous 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 gen system and it's lower res and whatever um, but maybe I'm remembering you know now Pikmin 3 on the Wii U is a last gen game five years old maybe that doesn't look as good as it did so we both booted that up and we were both I think fair to say pretty much blown away by how beautiful Pikmin 3 still looks even now on a 4k telly yeah I wasn't quite ready for
3: that I was looking because I just played Pikmin 1 on the Wii via the Wii U and I thought, like, oh, I'm just gonna put the disc in for free and just have a little go and yeah. like, even just the menu just, it's just the presentation and just ah, uh, yeah honestly
0: it. Which makes it harder, obviously, for those who have played Pikmin 3 to kind of go back. But it is that, we talked about it before, it's that acclimatisation period and you, your brain and eyes do adjust. Uh, you've played, you know, you've played lower res, lower polygon games before and you will again. So it is just that kind of, yeah, OK, things were a little you know, sketchy in places. But um, what I will say is on the technical side, we talked about how this game kind of started as a technical demo before it was a game, really. Uh, I still think the tech is quite remarkable. Like the the way that you can, you know, you can zoom out so far and you can control these. Uh, you can have 100 Pikmin out at one time and you can chuck 100 Pikmin at a giant enemy uh, sprite or not sprite big big polygon mesh monster and they can all be kicking each other in and the frame rate holds up at least on the wii version um and uh yeah everything we'll, we'll get onto the controls and the camera and stuff because i think there are some definitely some fiddly aspects but just purely on a technical level i think it stands up really really well
2: the movement looks really good like just mm. having that many characters that can be on the screen and kind of swarming around each other, like the way that that acts is is mm. very uh, very pleasing. I thought.
1: What I also remember very vividly is the strange way in, in which they attack creatures. They're basically hold on to them and bash their hats little heads against yeah. them
3: yeah the thing that strikes me with the technical side of this is just um, obviously it's from a kind of a bird's eye kind of point of view but at an angle so you can change the camera here and there how you fancy it but ultimately it is a kind of you know top-down game but how well they kind of animate with the objects around them so they can climb up little kind of blades of grass to get to a higher ledge or they can
1: yeah
3: kind of the, the animation for building bridges and you know um, extending kind of sticks it's kind of a bit uh, rudimental I think to Probably say they just kind of yeah. bash their head against it and it builds yeah. it, but the, the way they interact with, um, like the, the water streams, like the geysers, and all the it all just makes sense. And as they carry these kind of, I don't know what they are, they're kind of like big discs with numbers on, and they, 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 they feed the population Pellets, of the um. Called. Ah, oh, pellets. There we go. Um, yeah, I don't really know my law, um, but yeah, um, as they drop these pellets back in, you know, it, it feeds more Pikmin, and everything looks completely alien to me. But it also makes sense within the world. Like, the, the, the I, honestly, like the imagination for this game, like it, it won me over immediately. As uh, as I turned it on, you know, we ready to hate it. Oh, I've paid money to hate this game, and then immediately <laughs> I was just like, yeah, no, this game has just completely won me over because Nintendo once again kind of bring you this otherworldly game and just make it feel absolutely like you're at home within the first couple of days despite the stress.
1: I think also that's what uh what Leah was getting at, right? Or what she was saying is uh nothing really looks out of place in this game. Everything seems to make internal sense. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I um something else that kind of ties in with that too is and I think that I might have mentioned this uh or what this brings to mind anyway is back when we did the uh the Minish cap show. Mm-hmm. Um is that I just, I really like when a game can pull off tiny things in a bigger world. Yeah, and yeah, this too. is very definitely that, which I, I appreciate because it does look good. I like that uh, that kind of analogy about the ants swarming because that, that, yeah, that fits. I mean, they they definitely have a kind of awareness of each other uh, and move as a group as well as, as individual Pikmin.
0: And obviously... Um... One of the, the key things to to selling the cuteness, uh, I think, uh, for many of us, is the sound design. Uh, so we've ob- obviously already alluded to the uh, the, the little cute um, herding trumpet noises and the Pikmin squeals which, which are odd in that so many uh, sort of cartoons kids shows use that kind of helium voiced thing for small cute things we we did a worm show recently but somehow the Pikmin just have some slightly different quality about their voices which makes them just to me that ever such bit more alien and cute than the just the sort of standard high-pitched pinky and perky you know basic worms voice. I don't know what it is. Um, but yeah, I think the sound design, uh, this is separate to the music, is uh, is absolutely outstanding. Every sound effect uh, just... Just fits so perfectly from the from the the spewing of the of the the, the new buds from the top of an onion to the uh, the sound of the floundering of water to the uh, the the sucking up of the nectar when they they, they go to um <laughs> they go to uh yeah they power themselves up by drinking drinking nectar chipping away at things it's just yeah it's just p- peerless sound design as far as I'm and concerned and
1: wh- what you said say about the uh, particular quality of their uh, their high pitched voices is in maybe this sounds very far-fetched but it's almost like a, a heartbreaking naive type of optimism that, that yeah. they're displaying you know it's this. I know this, what you mean it le- leads right back into the duality of the whole game like oh they're they're so so happy and so, so happy happy to serve happy to serve yeah. and and to march right into their grim grim deaths.
3: Yeah. It's the little touches, isn't it? So when you disband the group and they all split off into little kind of sections, they kind of make a little sad noise like oh, like. and <laughs> yeah. Also, when they're when they're lifting an object back to the onion, um, uh-huh. you know, yeah, yeah, they kind of go hop, hole, hop, and they kind of like oh, healing, yeah. you know like, yeah. you know encouraging each other to get over to the um over to base and there's also the, the added um excitement of actually like seeing a giant pellet get sucked up into a tiny onion and just all the noises around it again just feed into the the cohesiveness of this otherworldly place it's um yeah it's very well well done
2: humans are hardwired to respond to higher pitched noises like that's That's why babies are so successful which is interesting (laughs) because well i was gonna say which is interesting because it worked on both me and leon who don't have kids uh so yeah. (laughs) yeah i don't know uh
1: it's still part of your programming, guys.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Cute things are cute and all that. <laughs> yes. And uh, yeah, the big, big forehead, big eyes. Uh, yeah. Well, that's so actually, I mean, they do have the big foreheads. They, d- I mean, th- that is another thing about, about the design of the Pikmin themselves. Sorry, back to the art here, but that's okay. Um, they're not. Again, their eyes are a little too far apart and their pupils are a little too small to be traditionally cute. I'm holding two plushy Pikmin as I speak, a red one and a yellow. I don't have a blue. That's not a hint, listeners. Um, My girlfriend got these for me. I think it was the year that Pikmin 3 came out. Uh, So, yeah, I was I was only 43 when I got these plushy Pikmin or whatever. But yes, they're not. They're not like bog standard cutesy cute. Do you know what I mean? They've just got, again, just as with everything in this game, they're just slightly off kilter cute, which to me is way more endearing than something that is blatantly like aimed at the cute centers of your brain to go, oh, look at him. Um, I mean, that can work too.
2: Every time you find a new color one you get kind of a, a, oh, a an extended shot of one where he just kinda of oh. looks at you and he tilts his head and then and you the music, send him yeah, off the music. Goes you. Over yeah.
0: it. It's just oh. so
3: quirky and quaint. Like they they do a really good job of making you feel tiny in this world by the music. You know, there's loads of little plinky plonky instruments and loads of kind of really clever stuff just to make you feel like you know, the, the size you are makes sense. And yeah, the music is just absolutely crucial. The, the, the cut scenes of the little, you know, Pikmin that's kind of picking his ears and scratching his head and stuff. It's just so, I, you know, I can't do it justice, but it's just so perfectly done like it's like thinking music for a pikmin it's like wah, 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 wah. he's just sitting there just scratching his head and you're like yeah, yeah. that's the, that's the noise that that should be playing in a pikmin's head when he's just standing around doing nothing
1: there it, there are no sounds from a sound bank in this game everything is decidedly yeah. pikmin every little sound, from the chimes of the, the time of day changing to yeah pretty much everything
0: actually that's something we should talk about before we move on to the music <clears throat> on a technical level uh obviously this had been now three or four years since ocarina of time that wasn't the first game with a real time or not real time but a, a, a day night cycle that you could kind of see the light changing before your eyes but it was one it was one where people really took notice of that this was i think one of the first times i'd seen this done in next gen and again age has taken a certain amount. Of away from it but the the change of lighting and shadows throughout the day is still incredibly atmospheric i think
1: especially in, cert- in certain in certain maps like yeah the, the distant spring and uh, yeah the when dis- the water the starts
0: kind of shimmering and all, all all that yeah yeah um and yes the the soundtrack i think is possibly my one single favorite thing about pikmin from the from the slightly. Odd kind of tribalish title screen theme to the introductory yeah. music which again sort of flirts and and Plays quite close to stuff that could just sound like a, a bog standard kids TV show or cartoon, but again, is, just has enough kind of weirdness about it. But then yeah. when you get to the actual levels, like the, f- the, the crash site area, the first level, just I adore that music. And then it just uh, when you get to the Forest of Hope, you've got this really weird sort of just again, slightly... I don't know, atonal almost, sort of plucking of strings that makes you feel, again, just it, it's cute and warm, but it's also slightly sinister, makes you feel like there's there are dangers lurking in the dark that you shouldn't take for granted. Uh, yeah, I just think the 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 music throughout is just really special.
1: Mm. And uh, uh, you mentioned the title screen. I also briefly wanted to mention it. It's one of those really GameCube-y, Nintendo-y kind of things where... You can move the C-Stick and move the letters because the letters are mm-hmm. made up of, of actual Pikmin. flowery Pikmin. Yeah. You can move them around. It's, it's that kind of thing that makes you spend way too long on a screen.
0: <laughs> and when it boots up, you get a different uh, voice, I think, different times. Sometimes it says Nintendo. Sometimes it says Pikmin, maybe, something like that. I'm not sure. My favourite
3: piece of music, um, yeah, despite the whole soundtrack being utterly joyful, is that it's kind of like Resident Evil Savory music. It's the diary music yes. for me. Yes. It's just so... Yeah. There's something so relieving about hearing yeah. that because you know you haven't got to deal with the day-to-day um, stressful stuff. It's just like yeah, just kick back and read some stuff. What Olimar's got to say, but yeah, that music is
0: is uh, yeah a blessing to the ears. The jingles when you get a ship piece home, uh, the end of the day music, uh, yeah, just yeah, so much to love. Hajime, Hajime Wakai, uh, take a bow. Now, one aspect of the game that I think has probably caused more consternation among others than before talking about the time limit is particularly the uh, on the original GameCube version the the control method so Uh, And and yeah, and therefore the moment to moment gameplay interacting with up to 100 things at one time, as you can imagine, could be a bit fiddly. This is Suits from the forum who says the original GameCube controls are interesting. They go against modern instincts to control the camera with the aptly named C-stick and use a sort of single steer method, which works. And by the end of the game, you become quite proficient with its shortcomings to make use of it. It's fiddly, I feel, but it works. I became quite used to pumping the left trigger on the GameCube controller as I would zoom around the landscapes to keep things in perspective. Some of the more intricate sections require precise, confident inputs, to which I often found lacking in my own skill to call upon when required. I like to think that after the hours I'd spent with the game, I'd have been better under pressure when things got spicy, but it would often go to mush and result in a restart. Other times where delicate controls are essential when throwing Pikmin up to high level areas or guiding them over ledges can be menacing and offer some of the biggest challenges in my patience with the game using a sort of combination of walking, whistling and guessing as to how they're going to move sheepherding Simulator 3000. Also, selecting a particular Pikmin from your herd, say a yellow with a bomb, can become maddening. This is the original GameCube version, by the way, You until you realise that the best way is to dismiss them all, then touch the single Pikmin you need and do it that way. The Pikmin themselves are a pest at times, minds of their own, either running off into grass for amber or deciding to suddenly go and pick up a pellet or creature carcass to take home. It's annoying, especially when in combat or under the leadership of a thoughtfully planned out, strict mission. This is, I suppose, what it's all about. They are Pikmin after all. Combat, in the end, often came down to sheer brute force, apart from a few of the larger battles which required a certain tactic to become victorious. Often, I would just simply throw as many red Pikmin as I had at the enemy. With my Pikmin claw technique, I would move my left hand so that my thumb would control the Pikmin via a whistle on the C-stick. Then I could throw them at breakneck pace at my target. The A button on the GameCube controller is one of the best in the business, I think. So, yes, any issues? So, Leah, you've you've played it with the different control method, as have I recently. But I do remember playing it at the time. Mikhail, you played this on the GameCube controller. Yeah.
1: I also played the, the Wii version, so oh, I have have a, okay. con- I have a contrast uh, oh, cool. there. Yeah, what you re- I okay. Think I think, in theory, the, the Wii controls sounded very nice uh, because of the pointer, but you still are tied to the limited throwing range of uh, Olimar, of course, so it never yes. becomes quite un- intuitive there either, I felt.
0: Only yellow Pikmin go high.
1: Yeah, yeah. you're still tied to the original game's design, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, to me... The I th- what I I recognize what Suit says when you have to maneuver a whole bunch of Pikmin and that that comes with some deft stick handling uh, th- uh through s- over over smaller areas and you don't want them to fall off. I think that's the the part of the game that's as fiddly as it comes. But other than that, yeah, they're they're odd controls, but they've really worked for me. And in battles, it was all a matter of uh, immediately. You know, wi- keeping your whistle ready to uh to reactivate deactivated pikmin and and bring them to safety before they got eaten. Uh, and, yeah. uh, in those cases,
0: there's quite a lot of micromanagement, as you'd expect.
1: There is, but I think it's also, it's in many ways a very ele- elegant game. I feel because everything is contextual. There is no, there are no specific commands. There's no build command. There's no attack command. There's mm. no uh, nothing like that. It's all contextual and uh and 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 based on where you throw the the Pikmin at
0: they know what to do most of the time
1: yeah Yeah. of course and that's that the the caveats there is that sometimes they don't quite do what you want them to especially if you allow them to touch certain items like suits was also saying if you let them walk over let's say a dead body uh they will automatically lift it up and start carrying it towards the onion but uh, yeah
0: or grass where the amber grows
1: yeah, exactly. Or maybe, but maybe you'd rather take them with you and go into the next battle and and you know leave, leave the the corpses for later. <laughs> but uh yeah, so it it takes I think it takes a lot more situational awareness uh, maybe than you than the average uh typical RTS
3: I, I remember playing the GameCube one and seeing them all budded into the ground and thinking, have I really got to pick up every single one <laughs> of these Pikmin? In typical Nintendo quality of life fashion, they kind of make it just enough work for it to be work, but also not, you know, you can you can kind of rhythmically press the A button. It doesn't require a lot of precision to actually pick up the Pikmin fr- fr- from the ground as if you were like, you know, um, I can't think of the word to uh, pick up a, a plant from a, uh, the soil. But yeah, you are pretty much just... Black. There you go, yeah, pluck a Pikmin from the ground and, um, you know, just... <laughs> Pikmin, pick, pick, pick a Pikmin. Pick them in of course, yeah, but it, it, for me, the, comparing the GameCube one to the the Wii, um, I found the A button on the GameCube controller to be a bit more friendly with the s- stuff that needs doing. It's not to say it was hard on the Wii, but it, the, the GameCube controller, that A button and hitting that to pick up the Pikmin from the ground, mm-hmm. was, you know, it, uh, obviously the design choice I went with there because that is a giant green button, whereas on the Wii remote, I found myself... A bit confused by the, the the range that the actual pointer can go versus you know your yeah. throwing distance. Yeah, but also I the nature of the Wii Remote and nunchuck led, led me to be a lot more relaxed, which is not how I want to play Pikmin. I want to be on the kind of edge of my seat. Kind of on, you know, ready for anything because you can accidentally, you know, drop one Pikmin off the ledge and hear it drown, and you want to be there to whistle it back out because you can kind of whistle them out of water if you're quick enough. And, and if they're not too far in, they can kind of swim back to shore. Yes. So I, can't, I, want to be, I want to be ready. But if I'm playing on the Wii Remote and Nunchuck, I kind of naturally just sit back and just drop my arms to my side and just play it like this and just be really yeah. chilled out of it. And it kind of affects my gameplay in that I, I'm not as kind of. <laughs> Uh, the the best war general there is. I'm just kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, just chilling out. Um, but yeah, I I, <laughs> I preferred the the freedom of the Wii controls, I guess, which is quite surprising because when I played the third one, I was kind of adamant I was not touching the Wii remote and nunchuck again. But oh, really? Yeah, yeah. You know, it was kind of I wanted it to. I don't. Know, I kind of felt like it was. Uh, that's the Pikmin Free Show. I'm not going to talk about that. But yeah, I, in terms of the the actual uh, the Wii version, I was kind of surprised as how well they've managed to adapt this Wii remote control into, you know, a GameCube game. And uh, obviously, that's why they re-released it because it works and it works really well. Yeah. yeah. I was really surprised by how well they managed to make it more of a mouse pointer than than the GameCube game was.
0: Yeah. It definitely worked for me. The the new play controls. Uh, I remember having no major problems with the gamecube version controls but it just it does feel more natural to have this sort of mouseish uh, sort of option uh, and yeah i preferred it playing it with the with the wii controls personally um there's a there's, there's a few sort of subtle differences but also, it's not just the the Wii controls with the pointing and and clicking, but also those changes that we mentioned earlier, such as the fact that you can now cycle through your your Pikmin. Uh, you can choose a bomb Pikmin to throw. You don't have to do the thing that Suits was mentioning there and deselect everyone and grab a bomb Pikmin. You can actually select and cycle through them, which uh, which is handy. Um, and actually, it, it, thinking now, knowing about the fact that you can actually cycle through to your flower Pikmin, which are stronger, the ones who have drunk nectar or just leveled up through being alive longer, I think, um, and having won some battles. If you prioritised your flower or bud pikmin over your weaker ones, you're you're probably going to make the game slightly easier as well. But uh, yeah, I didn't know about that. So Leah, you only played the Wii version. You you didn't play the GameCube version, so you haven't got the GameCube original controls to compare it against.
2: I- don't know. So, I, I had some issues with the Wii controls. Um I, I liked that you can kinda, you know, point to shoot your Pikmin wherever you're shooting your Pikmin. Yeah. Um, but that I found to be a little bit finicky as well. Mm-hmm. Um especially for things like larger enemies and like breaking down walls and that kind of thing. Sometimes I would throw them and think that I was throwing them at the front of the wall, but they yeah. would actually be on top of the wall or yes. I was trying to get them on top of the wall and they would actually go over the wall. So, um, yeah, I I, I think that I might have had an easier time if I had personally had a better handle on kind of the camera controls and that kind of thing.
4: Mm. Um,
2: because I, I was trying not to move the camera around too much because then I just kind of got disoriented and lost where I was on the map. Um, and that's not a problem with the game necessarily. It's more just a me thing but um yeah i I was trying to kind of keep the camera just in the same place so that i would Mm -hmm. you know kind of have a better uh handle on where i was going uh but that doesn't always work especially if you are fighting something that moves around a lot the one that i'm thinking of uh that i had um some trouble with was um there's um a sort of boss character who kind of looks like a big mushroom and um, will poison your Pikmin and turn them against you and you kind of have to knock Uh. him over and then shoot Pikmin on top of him to and uh, yeah I just I had the worst time with him because I'm not sure what it was Mm. but it seemed like every time I would knock him over and you know get him to the point where he was vulnerable I would try to hit to shoot Pikmin on top of him, but I think I was standing too close to him mm. because they'd kind of bounce off of him half the time and just come back to me, and it took a lot longer to kill him than I should have, and a lot of my Pikmin paid yeah. for us, which was very sad.
1: And that that bit is so evil. Yeah. Again, with the po- the poisonous enemies, mm. and it's it, they the the Pikmin actually have mushrooms on the top of their heads instead of uh, flowers or buds or leaves, and they, they their eyes go all heartbreaking. Crazy as
0: well. Yeah. Well, yeah. yes, I think one of the problems I had was really to do with uh, depth perception or the lack thereof. Um, maybe it's is partly the visual side. Uh, I remember this being an issue for me originally as well as as the recent playthrough, which is where I'd suddenly noticed that I'd chucked a, like thirty Pikmin way past where I was supposed to be aiming, and that's mm. you know it's obviously me not observing the uh, the the reticle. Um, Accurately, but, but there was a problem. It's, a, it's a particularly a problem if you're throwing them into the water and they're not blue, for instance, but um, a yeah. few issues like that. But mostly the game, I think, kind of allows you to, to make a few little mess ups uh, and... You have to, I think, make peace fairly early on with the fact that you can't, you, know, you can't, I mean, maybe you, yeah, you, okay, you probably literally can do the game without losing a Pikmin, but realistically <laughs> you're not going to. Uh, some Sometimes you're just going to have to let some of them go, whether they get, caught off from they get you know knocked off the group when you walk ahead or go around corners there's a whole thing uh, we have talked about the fact that they can be leaf bud or flower Pikmin that changes their pace as well so only the flower Pikmin can actually keep up with you when you're when you're running about the map otherwise you have to hang back um, so you can quite easily get separated from a large group um, then it's a case of bringing up the map which is on a, a separate screen of course on, on the original GameCube games and um, I think the map's generally pretty uh, user-friendly, quite handy, um, but there are certain paths which will be locked off to you. Um, and, yeah, it's, I think the game, it's sort of both... Yeah, it 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 is. It can be a bit finicky and fiddly, but that's kind of part of the deal of what you're actually... Mm. Like, that is the gameplay in some ways, is sure. the fact that you're trying to wrangle 100, 100 little creatures, and if that doesn't appeal to you, then, yeah... I, on the flip side i found it very satisfying when you would you know start a day you know exactly where you're going for a thing you know there's there's mm. a certain enemy ahead you bring 100 red pikmin out of your onion you march them all up to the monster in question and just you know you don't even you don't even chuck them one at a time you just in you just point the 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 Pikmin at them, so they just kind of group around them and all start headbutting simultaneously. And you can take out some <laughs> of the some of the bigger enemies really, really fast without really losing anyone. Yeah, I think. I mean, realistically, you're always going to lose at least one or two in in standard battles. Um, but there are some enemies that kind of go up in the air and slam down. And if you, you know, that you're given warning by animation, I mean, and, and shadows, but you can, if you're not careful, lose. A huge amount of pikmin in one go. There, oh, there's a there's two unique enemies on the on the crash site area. If you return to that area, there's great spoils to be had because there are these pearls uh, through a gate, and the pearls spew more pikmin out than any other uh, kind of standard item in the game. I think. Uh, but you have to go through a door to get them. To get there, there's two different odd enemies, depending on what day it is, I think. One of them is uh, yeah. a big blue gelatinous thing that only the blue Pikmin can get inside and takes a, an extraordinary amount of damage to its sort of spherical heart. Uh, there's another one, which is a stone one, which slams you back into the ground and you have to re-pick the Pikmin. Um, those are yeah. a little easier, but it's it's that sort of thing that gives, again, just a set that sense of uh, discovery and uh, yeah. and and curiosity, but overall, I wanted to say about the enemy design. I just think the enemies in this game are uh, are just sensational. I think the fiery blowhog in particular is one of my favourite enemies in any game yeah. ever. I just think it's.
1: It looks like a like a vacuum cleaner bag. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's uh, got, inflating and then spitting out. It's fire. got that really weird
0: kind of. S- slightly translucent pearlescent kind of skin to it it mm-hmm. looks like something that you would find like a, a a weird bug in a cave when you know exactly the sort of yeah. thing i think that miyamoto was getting at that sort of sense of exploring uh yeah kind of grubby areas when you're a kid and coming across silverfish and slugs and whatever else it has that real <laughs> <it> has <laughs> that real um kind of yeah slightly alien but of this earth quality, yeah. I love, I love li- those, but loads of them cute, cute and disturbing at yeah. the same time. It,
3: li- it literally has um, little bonus bugs in the in the um, you know the flora and fauna like that just pop out of nowhere and you yeah. like, and all of a sudden it's just a panic just to like throw your Pikmin on the back of it because yeah. you, you can't yeah. take this kind of like a shiny beetle bug and you yes. can't kind of take it down by normal attack. You have to accurately throw a Pikmin onto the back of it to get more Flip pellets it. to pop out of his yeah. back. But like the, just yeah. the sheer. That she's like,
1: it's a creature that doesn't attack. Yeah. Right? yeah, that's
3: right. Yeah, he's just constantly trying to run away, and then you're just like just bombarding his back for free freebies, really. But yeah, it's just it's just brilliant. Like the panic that ensues and everything that just kicks off, and like the kind of like the, the the maggoty kind of worm things that kind of come you know surface to the yeah. top. Uh, it's just it's just really yeah. clever, and you know, even though I don't know the names for any of them, like you know, the-
1: there's also a creature called the the swooping snitch bug, uh, oh, which that, is oh, like yeah. this in- mm-hmm. insect uh, thing that's really it it already looks like a bullyish, really annoying thing, and it just s- swoops in and and
0: grabs uh, two at a time, g-
1: grabs two at a time, and then drops them somewhere else Ooh. on the map just to spite yeah. you. <laughs>
3: But the one that gets me the most is the the bird that kind yeah. of pops out from the ground. It's just so devastating. And they
1: they can really cause a massacre. Yeah. Three-headed mm-hmm.
0: and uh, or is it one thing or is it three things? I've never been quite sure, but one of them has an item that you need. Um and yeah, yeah. that's where beyond just um throwing pikmin at things and hoping that they work like like we me- uh, sort of hinted at some of them uh, there, there's a bit, a bit more strategy to it, including the the final boss, um, which you know there is there is one last giant kind of mutated bulb orb thing, but uh, but the one I the one I really like is is actually not that hard, but it's quite intimidating, a big tank like spider thing, um, and it and mm. it, it gets it gets ready to kind of uh you know uh spit these huge big rolling rocks at you or possibly it's dung like a dung beetle i don't know um but as it's inhaling you can sort of uh get it get it annoyed by throwing stuff at its face and then it opens up its wings like 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 a beetle like a ladybird and then you you run around the back and it's got this big glowing area and you have to luzz pikmin onto its uh yeah it's thorax or whatever it is abdomen i forget um and uh yeah, stuff like that makes it more it's not just like every fight is exactly the same, there, there are strategies and techniques for every enemy and combine that with mm. their animations and designs um, yeah, it just adds a ton of personality I think.
3: It's, it's so satisfying to see, so each enemy in the world kind of has like a like a circle above to represent their health and it's yeah. so satisfying to see the kind of the, the kind of the, the pie kind of disintegrate into nothingness as the Pikmin just absolutely destroy these um you know these well I don't know if they're enemies just uh, just, just well, <laughs> the creatures like that I happen breath. to th- yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it's just but sometimes you, you completely misfire and, you know, you pick your they will start, like, they'll get a bit dazed or they'll get, they'll get shook off from one of the enemies and, like, you're scrabbling around to pick them back up and bring them back towards you. So it is it's a really, like, mad juxtaposition of, like, I don't care about these things, fight for me. But also when it goes wrong, you're like, oh, quick, come back, come back.
1: Did you guys ever in a distant spring come across this very mysterious creature? Uh, probably also appears just on one single day only. It's this very smoky, green, poisonous, toxic looking thing. <laughs> Think... It's a two yeah. two legged it's it's like a smoking polywog or something like that. It's uh, oh. it's really you you have to actually provoke it. And when it does, it can absolutely massacre oh. your Pikmin. Huh. Uh because or your Pikmin, I should <laughs> say, plural. <laughs> uh yeah, it it's 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 in an, a game filled with unworldly uh creatures, this one looks the most out of place and unworldly. <laughs> it looks uh, not of that world. You know? It's it's like this really yeah fearsome thing that just starts chasing your pikmin around and if you don't you have to throw your pikmin at its front but because if you throw it uh, at its back they will just instantly disintegrate oh crikey
0: okay there's the big fire big floaty pink bagpipe things blow i think they're another kind of blowhog. you get on that level that kind of blow everyone like yeah sort of scatter your pikmin by uh with with air um yes lots of lots of cool things uh, lots of cool encounters but uh, beyond just the uh, the combat um let's get back to the uh, we'll talk about the time limits and progress in in this bit as well and also the the sort of the the level layouts because as much as combat is a part of it actually working your way around the levels both in terms of uh through natural hazards the water the fire the the places you can't get to there's uh, certain paths that you have to actually kind of unroll for yourself. Uh, And I guess each you could describe each level, particularly the final trial is a kind of puzzle um, to be unlocked. Now there are some, some areas that are inessential. You don't need to blow up every wall. You don't need to knock down every wall, but, um, but it certainly helps your, your, to yeah, it's kind of expedite your um, your path through the level and your ability to get the the pieces, which are from a fairly early stage. The the ship parts are marked on your map with a star, so you always have a good sense of of where you need to be. Uh, although you don't always initially know exactly what you need to do when you get there. But yeah, just so I just wanted to see if we can get a sense of the combination of, of the feeling of progress with that feeling that we, we hinted upon earlier that is particularly present in this first game of the the constantly passing time both in terms of the, the day limit and the overall 30 day limit.
2: For me, I, I think that it's not so much a sense of progress as it is a sense of relief because you have to be making a certain amount of progress if you're going to actually succeed
0: yeah
1: you know it's it forces you to be very efficient Mm. uh playing this game and i initially when i played pikmin 1 all the way through I kind of felt it limited the game as well mm. because I wanted to op- it to open up more and expand more and go more places yeah. and and see and do more things and take my time. Uh, and it, by its very nature, makes it into a fairly short game as well. And I think that's also in a lot of the re- reviews at the time, that's where it, that's where it kind of, uh, you know, a, a lot of games were... Judged on the the amount of content that they they had, and I think that's kind of where it lost points as well, where it, where it wasn't getting nines and tens everywhere. But ne- but having played the sequels, uh, Pikmin 2, for example, gave me exactly what I wanted out of a sequel to uh, Pikmin 1. But I also never completed that game. Uh,
0: poison Enemies.
1: <laughs> whereas, I, yeah, whereas um, I I did uh, complete the first one b- because you have to be so efficient. Yes. And uh, with the second game, I just kind of yeah just meandered off and just you know like here and there, and it was co- it was way more open ended, which also cost me to really lo- lose my focus. Yeah. So. Yeah, there's definitely something to say for this sort of rigid design. Of the yeah, game game.
0: yeah, I have mixed feelings it's, on it.
1: It's very, it's a very, fo- it's a very focused design. Uh, yeah, I can totally see why yeah. they
0: went with it, but I, equally, I can totally see why they took it out of of the sequels.
1: It's a beautiful premise as well. Just you know, you are crashed on a planet. You've got oxygen for thirty days. Yeah, it's find very neat. all the neat. parts to your ship, and, and and it's an obvious uh, driver. And disappear. That's yeah. it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Darren, how did this work for you with the with the time limit in the first game?
3: Yeah, so <clears throat> when I was playing it on the GameCube, I found it just utterly overwhelming and that's partly due to me not having much experience with the genre if you, you know, we are going to place it in the RTS genre. I didn't really have a lot of experience, yeah. especially on console. So then when you throw in this kind of Yeah. pressure, um it really kind of stressed me out like to the point where I never played it after after I finished it and um Yeah, um, playing it on the Wii recently because I've had so much experience with like StarCraft Two, where I played it, you know, quite for hundreds of hours and stuff. I kind of started multitasking a lot more, which is kind of what the later games, or maybe it's just Pikmin Three, offers you, like, you know, you can jump around between characters. But I found myself in this one just throwing Pikmin in a corner, letting them do something, and then going for another Pikmin in another uh, group in another corner, and just kind of multitasking in a way that I'd never done before. And I found the game to be. like a, just a completely different experience, really. The, yeah. the only issues I had were the usual ones where it's like the wrangling of Pikmin where you kind of have to roll them around walls so they don't f- drop off into a pit or into yeah. water. Um, actually, that reminds me of playing the old Labyrinth Marble game when you're a kid and the little wooden table. You kind mm. of have to roll your Pikmin around yeah. these walls just to make sure they get to the other side. Um, but yeah, um, I, I never really... You know, Majora's Mask is another game that is intentionally... Uh, dreadful uh, in terms of it actually you know being full of dread Yes. and um, yeah this game as well I wasn't expecting it to be this though like I I kind of turned it on thinking I was going to get a a pleasant Nintendo experience and (laughs) lo and behold they've got Mm. this kind of impending doom above you it's urgent
0: there is there is a real urgency to it yeah and you know he as the game goes on you get his Olimar's diaries and he's talking about you know the kind of you know you know what's going to happen will i ever see my wife and children again and all this kind of stuff is yeah you know, it's like again it's that mm. sort of that weird juxtaposition of the very cute and the and the and the really quite serious and as i said you know if you, if you don't if you don't get it done he attempts to take off he's like oh i'm going to attempt to take off but I don't know if it's going to work. And uh, yeah, if you don't have the 25 essential parts, there are five uh, optional ones that you need for the happy end. What's called the happy ending, the 100% ending, which I think is what ultimately most people get. Uh, the mm. the normal ending is just, yeah, just a, a little cut back and clipped. He doesn't have all his luxuries on board, basically. <laughs> yeah, and he just kind of rushes off and that's it. Uh, so yeah, there, there's... There's different endings to to be seen, um, depending on, on how you do it. But what I found is that having only completed, having played all three games, but only having c- completed Pikmin 3, <clears throat> which I found more accessible for various reasons, uh, the controls and, and the visual side of it, I think, helped. Uh, coming back to Pikmin 1 was easier. Uh, now, it, it's odd. This is one of those games where I think a lot of people just think of Pikmin 1 as a short, easy game. I watched a video by a guy called the completionist. Who's obviously his YouTube thing is to complete games, you know, to see everything they do and hundred percent them and whatever else. So he actually said that he, uh, completed Pikmin three times, so he could see all three endings. Which, uh, and then in his summary, he said, "I wouldn't recommend that you complete Pikmin three times to see all three endings." <laughs> I was like, "No way, really?" Uh, especially as you said, especially as you can watch the endings on YouTube. I was like, "Yeah," um, but there you go. That's his thing. You know, we do our thing, and that's cool. But uh, it's odd because people describe this game as being, yeah, it's one of those games that gets simultaneously described as being tough and. And also short and easy, so um, your mileage may vary, as we say. It's,
3: it's tough, short yeah. and easy. It's also very Moorish, though. Like once you've got a handle of how the game kind of plays, you kind of want to see the next day because yes. it has like its own natural cliffhanger if you want to call it that so like when you do a day and you can kind of see yeah. the next day in front of you like well right, i've yeah. gone o- i've gone over there Planned. there's a thing over there but n- and then so yeah. the day two kicks off and you're like right i'm going straight over there and it, it, it is very moorish in the fact that you know despite yeah. all the, the stress and tension like you do want to go over there and see what's up because yeah you know th- there is kind of a fog of war in in if you want to use that term it's, you probably
1: yeah, it's indeed very h- hard to stop playing sometimes yeah, yeah you absolutely. start to
2: uh you start to get Once you start getting better at it, you start to kind of see the path that you're going to start taking. So, yeah, I agree with that. You're going to when you end a day, you're going to have kind of a a plan in your head. Uh, Well, okay, so tomorrow I need to do this, this and this. And I'm going to be (laughs) headed this way. I found that um, I had some trouble. And, and I think that lifting or relaxing some of the time limits would have helped me with this, um, mm. but I found that I had trouble leaving Pikmin to do their own thing, yeah. uh, because I was always afraid that something was going to come along and eat them if I was somewhere else, and then I would have to waste a bunch of time either restarting the day yeah. or regrowing a bunch of Pikmin if I chose to keep going, so... I would end up standing and watching them break a wall down four or five minutes. And that got a little bit boring. <laughs> yeah. um, I know that so feeling. It, it was, it was the safe, but not very thrilling yeah. path, I guess.
0: Generally the game doesn't need you to do that. That's what I learned yeah. through experiences that I felt I had the exact same anxiety. Mm. Like I can't go off and leave these guys doing their own thing because they'll get slaughtered. But actually the game generally doesn't let that happen. If you march them off on a path through a bunch of enemies with, pellets or fruit or or, uh, not fruit, that's not this game corpses (laughs) uh, in this game um, there is the chance that you will just at some point go to that part of the map and see a load of abandoned corpses and pellets and uh, sometimes a load of pitman ghosts floating off into the sky but generally if you just yeah
1: you see you see the numbers uh, drop down that uh, too yeah and sometimes you'll hear distant
0: cries but generally if you just leave them to to deal with the wall they will there are they are in a safe space when when the design is such
1: Uh, sometimes you think like okay i went through this alternate path to my destination now i'm sending them back but they will find the quickest way to the onion, which is maybe a path that's repopulated with enemies yes. again since the previous day, and then, yeah, that you they they wake up a sleeping bulb orb. And, mm. uh, I never quite got go.
0: my head around the yeah. repopulation cycle. Sometimes it seemed to be that if you stay in the same area, uh, it it's actually it it helps the it helps in with the the lack of repopulation of enemies. But I that mm. may be entirely my imagination. I'm I'm not really sure. I
1: think I think you're right. I think
0: you're yeah. right there. Yeah. we're all saying I think that the there's the sort of there is a, a a bit of a dichotomy between the definitely compelling nature of the 30 day time limit over the 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 actual you know the day cycle time limit um because it also it also led to these sort all these sort of interesting um all this brain work where you're calculating like how long it's going to take your pikmin to get back from where they are carrying what they are and you can make things go faster by adding more pikmin to a carrying task but then there's also yeah if you stay um if you if you get a key item like halfway from where it starts back it will stay there for the next day so Mm -hmm. you can you can actually continue where you left off in some cases and then you get that really satisfying thing where if you were if you were some way into getting some key items you can quickly get two or three and then it suddenly feels like you've made this huge gain and you get a big you know big nice nice big endorphin rush and suddenly you feel like you're on top of things again. And yeah, in that second playthrough that I did after the one where I kind of deliberately got to the end and lost, uh, I was I had five days spare to just kill the last boss and you can actually carry that so i I fought the boss the final boss on a day and then didn't have any time left to collect the thing but i just you know went up into space for the night came back down the next day and just carried it home and that was it game over so that was pretty (laughs) sweet Talking about
1: anxiety-inducing as well. The one thing that really got me was seeing that there's still one or two pickmen yeah. in the oh. field, and I have no idea where. Before, uh, before sunset, check uh, them out,
0: dude. Run and find them. That's what I would do sometimes. Yeah,
1: that's that's no what that's what what I did behind. actually. Yeah, I didn't. I would call me a sap, but I didn't want to. I just couldn't stand the thought that there would be some lost Pikmin somewhere out no, in the I, field. No, I had the same Would get eaten. So. I've been like running all over the map and trying to find where I left them.
0: One thing I'd forgotten is that in the third game it actually shows you the perimeter of of Sanct uh, uh, sort of yeah safety where uh, there's a, there's a circle around the pick of uh, the onions where if you leave anyone you just if, even if they're just standing there or un- uh, yet unpicked they will they will be safe but in the first game it doesn't tell you that so I was I was forever um, making sure that even those just standing there within sight of the onion I would be hand delivering them back into the onion to make sure that yeah, they weren't abandoned like you don't need to do that it it will it will save yeah. them for you but you, yeah you just felt like you had to micromanage.
3: hmm Definitely. P- put them in there yourself. Put all you know, just hold that stick until the number goes up and yeah. you know, watch them all climb up the legs. Put them to but bed. Yeah, that's it, put them to sleep. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> put them to bed. That's it's, exactly it, how I put it.
3: It's like um it's like Halo's Combat Evolve save system. When you see it saving in the corner, you don't trust it because it's a video <laughs> game, so you you do a manual save just to make sure. That's what that's like. Yeah. Um yeah. but yeah in terms of like the UI I think it's really kind of helpful. Like it's it's not overwhelming on the screen. Um, I, I really like the, the, the time at the top. But you kind of... In regards to losing one or two on the map, it's not the problem that they're on the, you know, the map. and You can see the little red blip or the blue blip. It's actually getting back there because before you know it, a day's over and you've got the 10-second the countdown and you're like, oh, there's a red one How do I get over there? And you, you can't get over there in time because of uh, issues. And yeah, it's just it's just, just seeing that number like you you have 94 in your party and there's 95 on the field like it's really useful information but when you once you've noticed that there's something not quite perfect about your you know your time out in the field it's kind of like just really like oh god we got to, we got to get that one pikmin back and you, know, you kind of spend <laughs> a good few minutes just trying to rescue this one yeah, pikmin and I mean, that's just a bad reality, use of
0: resources yeah. it is yeah it's like saving yeah, the, private pikmin
2: and you see too at the end of the day it shows you this is how many pikmin you grew this is how many you let die and this is how many you left on the planet to die (laughs) that's that's not how they phrase it but that's how i always thought of it
0: yeah it's harsh
1: yeah and also about the heads up display just that time meter being so prominent on top of the screen just Mm It really hammers home that time is of the essence at all times. Yeah. In, uh, and you have in the
2: chimes, room. what, yeah. three times a day? Yeah. Like mid morning, mid afternoon, yeah. and yeah, mm-hmm. right yeah. in
0: the middle. And then a countdown. <laughs> yes. <laughs> really hammer it home. <laughs> <laughs> boop, uh-huh. boop. I found, um, although I loved the setting and the uh, music and everything of the Forest of Hope, which is the, the first big area, it has eight parts uh, compared to two in the previous area, I found that the it, there seemed to be perhaps too many bombable walls in that area uh, mm. to... I mean, yeah, I got it all done in the end, but the, you have to, it's really quite convoluted. You really have to go around the houses to get bombs, uh, yellow yeah. Pikmin bombs to bomb the walls. You have to uh, kind of hop down several ledges. You have to kind of um, avoid avoid drowning certain, I mean, that, that's really, uh, that's kind of the theme as the, as the game goes on. Is There are, as well as it being an RTS, there are big puzzle elements, which is I how do I get this colored Pikmin to this area when it can't go through water or fire or yeah. whatever the, the we haven't said the red pikmin are invulnerable to fire the yellow pikmin go higher when you throw them which is often essential and the blue pikmin obviously can go through water um, and i'm not sure
2: that they always tell you all of those things do they because <laughs> it, it tells I, I mean, you as you go yeah. through the
0: game but only sometimes yeah. after you've like i don't know of- <laughs> i
2: don't re- recall ever seeing the part of, I, I mean and, and i know that this is true but I don't remember whether it's because I looked it up or found it somewhere or yeah. did what but like the the thing that you said about the yellow pikmin being able to be thrown higher d- that's absolutely a thing that you need to know but I really don't remember them ever yeah. having said that in the game
0: I'm not sure it does actually uh,
1: it's, in, it's in Olimar's it uh, journal that actually. makes sense it, he, yeah, yeah
0: but sometimes yeah, he yeah. Yeah. his observations about the nature of the pikmin don't come until a long time after you've yeah. needed to know Figured that it it out. Out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah
2: by the way dummy yeah. you can chuck this thing up higher than you think you can
0: yeah
1: yeah, so so it's not an RTS game; it's RTS la Nintendo, yeah, so basically. With, yes, <laughs> with lots of puzzle, puzzle puzzling, uh, and uh, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. You get. Uh, we should say you also get. Uh, there are uh, certain uh, flowers in some of the uh, areas which you can uh, you can chuck in a color Pikmin and it will spew out other color Pikmin. Hmm. and that's uh, that's needed to solve a cut couple of the other puzzles. I couldn't tell you which there's the whole thing about the 25 essential items and the five non-essential is you don't know uh until it gives you a rundown at the end like which was which now it's sort of obvious because the non-essential items are things like his comfortable seat um Mm -hmm. or it's like a rubber ring or whatever whereas the the obviously essential items are things like um uh radiation shielding the (laughs) engine yeah um so but you can check what things are before you go to the trouble of Uh, lumping them all the way back to the ship so yeah that's another sort of layer but i I think most people will either not get enough parts or get all the parts i don't think too many people will Mm. end up with like 20 28 parts or something you kind of you kind of get there or you don't i think for the most part Mm. suits from the forum continues the game i feel only really gets going once you unlock the fourth area distant spring this is when things seemed much less of a cakewalk and at times previous to this seemed a little dull. This is where I had to take a step back and started setting objectives to do within a day and once I'd started planning out my manoeuvres, they were becoming obviously successful. The game became much more rewarding and addictive. I eventually managed to beat the game with all items collected and two days left to spare. Many Pikmin were lost to bring me this enjoyable experience. Bobanobo. Speaking about the game as a whole, says Real-time strategy was never my cup of tea. I find the sheer amount of multitasking super stressful, and as such, the genre was just too intimidating to me. Leave it to Nintendo then to make such a niche genre more accessible to amateurs such as myself. Its combination of it being not only a new Nintendo IP, but one created by Miyamoto alongside the cute story and beautiful natural setting piqued my curiosity. The inspiration Miyamoto got from observing the ants in his garden going about their business resonated with me greatly as the insect world is still a major source of fascination to me that I've had since childhood and playing with such miniature protagonists could give, would give a fresh perspective that not many games explore. The gameplay was just the introduction to the genre I needed. The Pikmin are charming, little creatures to control and the use of different coloured Pikmin to navigate the environment and solve puzzles was pulled off in a very satisfying way. I could multitask here with no difficulties with one group breaking down a wall, another harvesting prey to make more Pikmin and yet another gathering ship parts. The difficulty curve was satisfying with new challenges being introduced as you were getting used to the mechanics at a nice pace. The 30 day structure brought on that stressfulness that I usually associate with the genre but surprisingly I collected all the parts well within the time limit. Bosses were always fun to fight, and like everyone else, I was heartbroken seeing the little Pikmin souls float away as they were crushed by some giant beast. So seeing how I enjoyed Pikmin so much, have I now become more into real-time strategy? Oddly no. Aside from having steeper difficulty curves, I find the likes of Age of Empires, Command and Conquer and Starcraft also do not appeal to me from an aesthetic viewpoint. A large part of Pikmin's appeal was you controlling these cute tiny creatures surviving in the wilderness on a miniature scale. That just seems to be Nintendo's way, taking nearly any genre and making it appeal more universal. I would recommend Pikmin to anyone who wants to try something a little bit different. It is still to this day one of Nintendo's more unusual franchises and is a great example of how unique the results are when Nintendo tries something a little outside its comfort zone. Thank you, Jobo. Uh, Yes, so we've talked about the endings. Uh, There is a challenge mode. There's not actually much extra content on this disc in this game at all. The challenge mode is simply uh, once you have finish the 30 days one time, doesn't matter even if you get the bad ending, you unlock it. And it is how many Pikmin can you grow in a day? And there's a little high score table. Uh, yeah, I had one go. It was all right. You know, it's more Pikmin. But um, even I think even with, say, online leaderboards, this wouldn't be much of a draw. I think there's almost a, there's probably almost a, a top limit you could get on any stage anyway due to the nature of the resources? Could be wrong Mm -hmm. about that.
3: This mode reminds me of when I was uh, very young, playing RTS games, and I wasn't really... Even back then, like, RTS games were quite stressful. So then I'd always play a skirmish against uh, AI, oh, and yes. you team up with your mate, and you uh, like you know you do a comp stomp computer stomping thing, and you just it, there was no kind of commitment to the game other than you were going to build loads of units and just sack them off in a in a war. That's what this kind of mode was when I tried it out today. It was kind of like non-committal Pikmin. Like you, there's no attachment from day to day. Yeah. You know, you just you just dropped in a level, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, you you you're tasked with just uh, growing as many Pikmin as possible and it's just kind of like you know it's tr- training wheels for people maybe who aren't comfortable with the game it's just a, a, another to way to play first. Where, <laughs> well <laughs> yeah so that's yeah, that's a bit rubbish then isn't it but it, it, in my head
0: yeah
3: it was kind of like you know um yeah just like a skirmish in commander conquest yeah. stuff they it's, expanded
0: uh, on on extra modes in the sequels we'll talk about those when we cover those games as multiplayer as well and and M.H. Ninja Bear from the forum says, I cannot accurately recall when I first played Pikmin. I'm fairly certain I got my hands on it soon after its release date, but I was a young child and doubt I comprehended the mechanics. I know around the beginning of high school, my twin played most of the way through it and I casually observed. Now at 22, I bought a GameCube to access my inaccessible but decent GameCube library. Upon booting up the game, I was greeted with what had become a nostalgic tune and was determined to guide the newly stranded Captain Olimar on a world-spanning adventure. I knew enough about the game going in this time to understand what it was I should do that being raise a plant army to conquer nature and reclaim the parts of my ship. I also remembered that this game provided a timer to make sure I travelled this beautiful world with purpose and not get distracted sending my flowery fleet on a quest to subjugate the local wildlife. Exploring each map provided new and fun challenges for Olimar and the Pikmin. For the most part finding ways to wrestle away parts from nature and back to the dolphin provided a decent level of challenge. I found the gameplay to be intuitive, and with the help of some maps, I was able to leave the planet with Pikmin in time, well before life support on the Dolphin failed. I'm sure some would say that using online help takes away from the challenge, but Pikmin and Olimar's journey more than made up for a curbed challenge. Upon leaving the planet and seeing my score, I realised that one more challenge awaited me, the, f- the, the Emperor Bolbax. My army was primarily interested in the acquisition of spacefaring technology, but when push came to shove, they could fight back. The Emperor consumed many a hapless Pikmin, but with some strategic planning and a possible reloading of a save file, they conquered the Emperor and Olimar was able to return home. Pikmin pr- proved to be a relatively short game, but it provided a fun palate cleanser as I try to play through many JRPGs. I look forward to getting my hands on Pikmin 2 and 3, but until then I will keep choosing Olimar in Smash Brothers Wii U, knowing full well the might of Olimar's Pikmin army. Yeah, I think that's right. The The final boss is actually, the final trial is, is optional in the sense that that 30th item is one of the optional ones because it's just his piggy bank, isn't it? So you could complete the game and get the 20, yeah, you can get like a 29-part average ending without battling the final boss.
1: Or battling on a the, on, on the final day and uh, not having time enough to bring the piggy bank. Oh, on. that
0: would be sad. Yeah, I didn't realise until after I'd scrapped it out with Emperor Bullblacks that there's a ton of yellow Pikmin bombs up and around the, the area that you fight him in so I was fighting him in the traditional way by hurling Pikmin at him but <laughs> you can actually go and get uh, bomb rocks from around the place, there's a load of them and that will obviously chip away at his, uh, his rather massive energy bar disc rather more quickly, uh, although possibly sacrificing a few Pikmin in the blast radius as you go
2: yeah, I actually watched um earlier today a uh, a speed run of of the original Pikmin ah. um from one of the games done quicks uh a year or so ago cool. and uh yeah the the runner was um it, at, at that particular fight was uh basically making him eat the bombs like if you time it like he'll stick his tongue out and, and basically can eat your pikmin that's uh, it but if you time it right you can get him to eat the bomb instead oh, right. and Classic. yeah that that apparently is very uh very effective yeah that'll I work i wish i nice. known that before yeah I did it
4: myself yeah. but, uh,
1: great uh, that they accounted for yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah
0: like the uh the enemy in zelda that eats your bombs mm-hmm. i guess mm. endearingly enough nintendo collaborated with somebody presumably i don't know who though uh, to create a fictional band of Pikmin called Strawberry Flower, they released their debut single in December 2001 with the song I Know Uta. <laughs> My favourite line of the Wikipedia is: "The purple or white Pikmin did not join the group until their third single." <laughs> 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 uh, and since then, the group has been quite a quintet until 2017, when they ret- returned with their single of uh, single Song of Hey Pikmin. Uh, yeah, so this was released uh, as a, obviously as a promotional item, and apparently, actually, genuinely helped boost sales of the game after uh, Pikmin launched with a with a solid first week, and then the sales dropped off. But then they released this single, and it started picking up in the charts, uh, in the games charts again. As the single sold six hundred and thirty two thousand copies.
2: That's adorable.
0: I know. <laughs> Bless. Uh, we'll probably close the show with a uh, a snatch of that one. Craig from the forum says Pikmin for me is a wonderfully charming and vibrant game that makes me ooh and ah in wonder at its playful spirit, but also turns me into an anxious, nervous wreck. I've no problem with the time limit. On the contrary, it's a nice way to frame things, gives me the little kick I need not to dilly dally. And with a developer like Nintendo, I was never in doubt that they gave me the time I needed. The problem is the Pikmin, the heartwarming, naive, loyal Pikmin. There is so much character pushed into their designs and with how much they move and sound that you kind of start believing that they are living things, helping you. And you let them down. You always let them down. I hate to see my Pikmin die. It sounds silly, but I get a knot in my stomach when I see that little Pikmin ghost and I know it's my fault. I don't care when Kratos falls to the hands of Zeus or Mario plummets from another cliff to a grisly end because I am that character. But with Pikmin, it's not me that's dying. It's these little guys who have placed their trust in me, who work selflessly to help get me home. And it's my job to keep them safe. And I let them down. The worst part is their death cry. It's not a scream of anguish, nor a yelp of pain, but their final breath is a gasp of mild disappointment. I'm sorry, guys.
1: My, I'm getting a little bit messy out here. So many Pikmin. And- did you did you read the 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 translated lyrics of that I know Uta no. song? It uh, delves into the mind of uh, the psyche of the of the oh, Pikmin, okay. So I okay. Definitely recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, even more it's even more heartbreaking. Oh, no. Yeah.
0: Oh, no, I don't think I can. <laughs> uh, in brief, then some three word reviews of the original Pikmin game.
3: Carl PM uh, frustrating
0: sentient plants.
2: Mh Ninja Bears fighting flower force.
0: Alitkfire fire says Captain Carrot Lemmings.
1: Lemon Leroy says my disposable friends. Oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Ryan Scully
3: says brazen animal sacrifice. Animal? Are they animal?
2: Partially. We've
0: we've, we've been through that. Vegetable.
2: Well, uh, Bear Fish Pie says alien plant feud. So that's, you never know. A little for right. column A. a little a little column B.
0: In an in an unusual move, I've allowed Bearfish Pie twice because uh, this is a good illustration of the kind of three-word reviews we've we've always been looking for because it's a terrible pun. Uh, real time strategy, time as in, as in the herb.
1: Nice,
3: Sir Q. Endearing genre bender, jump cancel podcast
0: says uh true Nintendo genius.
2: And Ben Monroe says more Pikmin, please.
0: Will there be more? We were. Wondering earlier whether there might just be a chance of an HD compilation of the three Pikmin games mm. on Switch.
3: Oh, that'd be so they, good. They've been talking about Pikmin 4 for ages. They, yes. They, during the Wii U life cycle, I think yes. they said at one point, it's coming soon. Yes. And we have seen nothing I
0: assume that was what became the Hey Pikmin thing, but I don't know.
3: Mm, I don't
0: know. I guess it does enough for them but I mean I uh, you know probably Pikmin 3 didn't sell that many copies because it was a Wii U game uh, Wii and game, I, yeah. I think they are shying away from bringing absolutely everything that was good on the Wii U to the Switch <laughs> lest it becomes I don't see why, why? <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, they might I as agree. well at this point Yeah, why not though? I agree. I agree and uh, you know it's Tropical Freeze has done well even at even at full price so I yeah, but I I guess maybe they feel it would Make the switch look a little tawdry or something as a as a resource for ports, but you know it's everyone's everyone's buying remasters anyway. So, um, I, yeah, an HD trilogy collection of of the first three in the, in the run up to the release of Pikmin Four would be absolutely perfect as mm. far as I'm concerned. Uh, there would be some, some considerations again with controls and stuff, obviously, and you wouldn't have the Wii U's screen and yada yada. But um, there are ways; it can be done. Just referring back to uh, the sort of the the thing I hinted at with with Miyamoto talking about the first game, uh, as much as I think we've been, you know, generally quite positive about it. uh, In an interview with Stephen Totila for uh, Kotaku in 2013, Shigeru Miyamoto said, in a sense, I almost feel sorry for the people who played Pikmin 1. What I really feel like is that in Pikmin 3, which was... uh, Fresh at the time, we've finally been able to include all of the elements that I wanted to include in Pikmin One. Oftentimes, when you talk about movies, people say, "Oh, the first one was the best." I feel Pikmin Three has become sort of the ultimate version of Pikmin One if we'd had more power. So we'll talk about the merits and uh, and any demerits of Pikmin Three in that show, possibly in a couple of years' time. But uh, but I think um, there are other comments about uh, from Miyamoto regarding that he I think he yeah he felt that the actual the restrictiveness of the initial game was um, was a mistake in some ways in in, it was a mistake in that it put off people from (laughs) continuing to play it Um, so even if even if he sort of swears by the design of that I guess if people when you're making a game for people to enjoy if more people are being turned off by an element than are being motivated then I guess you have to concede that Maybe it's not right. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think it's a very Nintendo thing to go for greater and bigger accessibility. Um, Definitely. Yeah. And it's also, of course, always a little bit um, of a PR thing to praise the most recent. Absolutely
0: game most. yes. Nat- naturally, it's always yeah the latest. You, you've got to make out that it's it's your favourite and the best, even if yeah. But I I feel he was probably being genuine. I don't know. Anyway, let's see if we can summarize the original Pikmin. Uh, Michiel it's been a while since you played it but uh, you obviously have strong feelings and memories so if you'd like to sum up.
1: Yeah um, back when I played Pikmin all the way through um, I did so uh, I really liked it never really felt uh, the urge to do so again although I always kept the game in my my library or in my uh, collection and I Played a little bit with the kids. I played a little bit with my wife. You know, not all the way through, but just a little bit to just show them, uh, show them the yeah. game. Ever since, um, and I've always thought like I need more of this. You know, it's like I said before. It just felt a little bit too restrictive uh, the first Pikmin. I I want, I wanted the game to open up, and I got what I wa- uh, more of what I want. Uh, but like I said again. With Pikmin 2 and 3, it's kind of telling that I never had that sort of drive to play them all the way through. And I always got sort of... Yeah, with both those games, I sort of started meandering off and getting distracted with a lot of things within the game. Um, So, looking back at at the first Pikmin, I think I admire it more now for what it did with that very focused format. And that's... Yeah, I think that's something... uh, very uh very admirable there
0: would you recommend people play it now and it, and if so in in what way
1: anyway it's good i guess um i i i think maybe the um, the 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 gamecube version with the gamecube controls is the least schizophrenic because i never could ki- kind of rhyme pointing anywhere at the screen and not screen and not only have being that being an indication of the throw direction instead of where they would actually go mm. but uh, i think any anywhere is good to play it, uh, play it if you were looking for a more friendly experience i would definitely go for two or definitely three i think three is maybe the most friendly yeah. pigment experience you get but if you want to see where it started and yeah want to play through uh, a short and challenging game then you can't go wrong with the first one
0: thank you Yes. Even though it's taken me, it's another one of these games that's taken me 16 years and the podcast uh, imminent for me to actually go back and finish it. I'm so pleased that I did. I found it incredibly compelling and charming. And I think in terms of atmosphere and general adorability it is definitely one of my favorite Nintendo kind of properties. Uh, I absolutely love the presentation and the music um, and the sort of the overall ambience of the game. It's as I say, it is incredibly cute, but it's also slightly weird and dark in, in just the right ways that, that I find appealing. Uh, and yes, the, the gameplay can induce a certain amount of anxiety and pressure, but I found it was possible to make my peace with losing a certain amount of Pikmin and, uh, Uh, You know, never completely at peace with that. But uh, I guess like those uh, those army generals in the First World War, shoving, shoveling their uh, their units around on on pieces of paper um, (laughs) and forgetting about the the real cost uh, of of Olimar's plans, all that all that Pikmin life, I was able to to come to terms with it shall we say uh, and yes it was all i could do after completing the game finally uh, properly to with with uh, the happy ending to not immediately go to the e shop and download pikmin 2 and start playing that uh, the the reason i didn't is because i've got to play other things for the show but uh, i was just really keen just to play more carry on see the new pikmin that were brought in I'd, i did i started pikmin 2 back in the day but i never got anywhere with it um and yes now i'm i'm pretty much uh committed to us continuing the podcast series with the second and third games um in terms of playing one now i had a really good time with this uh, it's uh, perhaps yeah not as cheap as people would like it to be to buy from the Wii U eShop and yes you still have to have either a Wii U or a Wii or a GameCube hooked up or available to play it on so I don't know but um, if you do still have a Wii U in your library and uh, in your, in your console rotation and you didn't play Pikmin 3 I know this isn't that show but for goodness sake play <laughs> Pikmin 3 if you've got a Wii U it's wonderful. Leah
2: So I think in the end, I like the idea of Pikmin more than I actually liked playing Pikmin 1. Mm
4: -hmm.
2: Um, That is not to say that I did not enjoy it, because I did, um, but I, as I think we've discussed pretty thoroughly, I I did have some issues with it. Uh, I do feel that there are things that I would have liked to see done a little bit differently, and I have not played Pikmin 2 or Pikmin 3, and I think that, through the course of this uh, of this recording, I've maybe decided that I need to play at least one of those, if not both of them. Yeah. So, um, so we'll see. Because I, I really do like a lot of things about this game. I I, I really liked the uh, the design elements of it, uh, especially the Pikmin themselves. I liked the world, and, and I like the general idea the the idea of kind of going through and. Collecting different things and solving these environmental puzzles to get to where you need to go with the Pikmin that you have. I, I liked all of that. Uh, I I think the the thing that held me back the most was the time limit, and that as as I've heard <laughs> is something that uh, kind of relaxes in uh, the later entries in the series. So, uh, I, I'm not I'm not sure. I I I'm gonna kind of. Um, Beg off on uh on on recommending or not recommending Pikmin at this time because I sure. I I do if if I had to give one or the other I would probably say yes if you can get a hold of it then you know maybe give it a try and see that if it's for you uh in reality though I'm thinking that maybe I might want to hold my recommendation for two or three which seem like they have some of the things that i really enjoy with fewer of the things that i don't Mm -hmm. so um i i am i would not say that i'm lukewarm on this game because i really did like a lot of it um but there are some pretty key issues i think that might hold me from from giving a full recommendation on it
0: that's fair
2: but the pikmin are really cute they are very adorable
0: (laughs) i have plushy pikmin did i mention it
2: you did and now i kind of want one
0: Uh, (laughs) yeah darren i bet you have amiibo pikmin I
3: have one Amiibo Pikmin. I haven't got the other one yet, which is, um, yeah, which is uh, a, a, a tragedy, if I'm being sort honest. it out. Um, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, but, um, so, Pikmin on the GameCube was kind of a lesson in that I shouldn't really judge a book by an E3 demo or a Space World demo or whatever, <laughs> I, or a game, sorry. Never never do that, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's just kind of like maybe I should just kind of relax and just, you know. Um, yeah, just judge a game based on what it actually is, based on what I think it should have been, and uh, it's really interesting because the GameCube had some really interesting choices, like you know Luigi's Mansion as a launch title. Where, again, people weren't expecting that, and it kind of, you know, it was alright in the end. We 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 survived that um, that nightmare of not having a Mario game on launch title, and you know, Pikmin, me not really gelling with it on first glimpse, kind of, you know, I've completely flipped on the other. Side of the spectrum, and that it's kind of one of my favourite Nintendo franchises. Now mm. it's kind of it inspired me to kind of chase more games that were inspired by it. If you know what I mean, so like Overlord, Overlord Two, and um, Little King's Story, and an Xbox Live Arcade game called Swarm. Like th- these yeah. kind of games that are kind of like similar to it. Um, uh, you know, I-, I wanted to play them because I was kind of chasing that Pikmin. I don't know what it is, but that Moorishness of Pikmin is just ridiculous. Like, just seeing the next yeah. seeing the next day is just something that I really got into. And despite it being one of the most stressful games I've ever played, mm-hmm. like I wanted to play more of it. And you know, I I've played the second one and the GameCube, and I've got different issues with that in terms of being stressful. It's kind of a, it's, you know, it's you know, it's, it's it's a more challenging game. I feel right, uh, but yeah, I, I'd agree with you, Leon, in that. Pikmin 3 and and like the um the interview said with Kotaku, is like it Pikmin 3 is kind of like the ultimate Pikmin game at the moment and would I recommend playing the Wii or GameCube one yeah I would but that um over that I would put the third one as a kind of uh, yeah the um the, the place to go if you want to experience a Pikmin game it's um it's a it's magic that game then I yeah I I I I, I will chase that series wherever it goes
0: I agree. Lovely. Well said, everybody. So it remains for me, Leon, to thank Darren, Leah and Mickey as well as all of our correspondents, as always, Editor Jay and to all of you for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast and appreciate the efforts we put in every week, please subscribe, rate, review or best of all, head over to patreon.com slash donate a dollar, get every podcast a week early uh, and an exclusive monthly minicast. Next time in issue 322, our travels through the solar system continue to Mars and Jupiter for our Zone of the Enders podcast.
5: 飾らない